Welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you along to the show where we dive deep into people's journeys of struggles to success and what drives them inside of that to find and carry out their hunger for the hustle. It's my absolute honour and pleasure today to welcome a fellow Englishman, Mr. Ian Harvey. Ian has worked in direct sales, public speaking and leadership coaching and mentoring for over 35 years and has presented in all corners of the globe. I'm going to be talking to him about his journey from struggles to success and what drives his hunger for the hustle. Ian, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Yeah, thanks very much. I feel really excited to be um sharing with you today i think it'd be it's it's great to be able to share knowledge you know yeah absolutely i agree and it's it's nice to have one of my countrymen on we were just chatting uh, off camera before and you're actually only from 10 miles away from where i'm from which is just down the road so it's always nice to hear a familiar accent that's for sure yeah we shouldn't have any cross purposes today we shouldn't stand each other without any sign language you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there shouldn't be any dramas there now I know, Ian, you've you've been speaking for thirty-five years, and you told me just uh, off camera that you had a, what was it, one hundred and seventy flights last year. Now I don't imagine you've had any this year, really. So it's been a, a big, big change in the speaking world. But let's let's pull a little bit back from that and, and go to. I'd like to know, you know, what was your hustle? How did you get started in 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 the world of business, and and what was your first business? I believe it involved a motorcycle and a market is that right yeah 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 no the, the, the reason i got involved in running my business or starting a business um it probably i got the idea when i was about nine something like that and, and very young uh, and the reason being is that i was part of one of six children and my parents both had a job my father worked for the police force but in those days it wasn't about the money it was about the pride you know so the mm -hmm. money was not very good mm -hmm. So there were six of us, and the one thing that we always struggled with was having enough food. I mean, my parents were excellent, but, you know, to feed six mouths, um, and when you have a job which is more about pride than income, it was really difficult. So I always used to say to my mom, I, I, I'm hungry. She said, no, you've had enough. So I was like, oh, I, don't, I must have done that. Anyway, I decided, you know, I was watching other people, and I decided about, it would be about nine years old that, no, I'm, I'm going to create a different life for me and my future family. I love my parents. They did everything they could for us. But I, but there was never quite just enough to go around or, or just enough. And so I watched other people, you know, and, and they had their new bikes and all the things that, you know, you at that age are looking at. And I was thinking, you know, my life is going to be different. And so... I made the decision, I suppose, really that early on that this is what I was going to do. And and I sort of hooked up with, uh, I was about 10 when I got my first job. And I had uh, worked on a market store. So I used to do that in, um, in a village, in our own village, three times a week. And then go straight to school after I'd finished with it, finished school straight back. And I did that. And then I think I was 13 and I took on two paper rounds. So I was absolutely determined to do something different. Yep. And um, and at that time is when I got my first sort of mentor, and uh, and it was a guy who used to run the market stores. He was a millionaire, um, and so we were opposite ends of the scale. But he started programming me. You know, you need to set goals, is what he told me. So I said, okay, what is that? Then he said, well, you write down what it is you want, 
So, of course, I wrote down what it is you want and suddenly realized, oh, there must be something missing because nothing's really happening, you know? <laughs> um, and, and then it sort of got a bit sad because he actually died suddenly. And so I, I was lost, yeah? yeah? And I think I was about 14, 15 at this this, this time. Uh, and then what I started to do, well, I, he sold things and made a lot of money, so perhaps I would. So I started uh, going to school with things to sell. So I'd buy and sell and, and you know, and I know you have a bit of a history like this as well, Jeff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was must be the area we live in, you know, because we live in, yeah. lived in, you know. Uh, so I started doing that, and I got banned from school a couple of times. And, and but I wasn't really interested in school. That's the challenge. And several years, um, I won Clown of the Year because I was just about having fun, enjoying life, not taking life too seriously. And I got the nickname of Coco because Coco the Clown. And if you go to our village now, there's probably about mm, maybe 800 people live in our village where I was born. The majority of people there, if they see me, they'll say, oh, hi, Coke, how are you doing? And some of them don't <laughs> even know my real name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, this like, so this is sort of what I did. Um, and and, and I, obviously then I, then I left school, you know, and I left school and I thought, okay, what am I going to do now? And they told me, oh, you failed all your exams. So... I think the best you can be will be a chef uh, cooking. Well, the problem is I, I can't cook and I couldn't cook. I couldn't <laughs> even cook toast. You know, <laughs> and like, oh, you're going to be a chef. It's like, hang on, there's some, some joined up writing not working here. You know, because yeah. I mean, I can't cook. So I thought I won't be a chef. I won't be a chef. I said, you've got no hope. You know, well, I know that hope is for the Salvation Army. You know, so they told me, you've got no hope. And I was like, oh, okay. So I decided I, I actually purchased from the products I'd sold, I actually purchased a, a motorbike, a 50cc motorbike. And I used to go to the warehouse to start off with, buy these watches where you used to be able to press a button and it said the time. They're very in at the time. Mm. And so I'd go and buy a whole box of those, go on my motorcycle to market, sell them, and do the same every day. And then that built up to... An incredible business. I had a lorry, I had a home, I had two vans. It was like, wow, out of control. And yeah. then, you know, because wow. I knew nothing really about business, mm. so then all of a sudden people started asking me questions like, you know, have you paid your tax? Have you paid the VAT? And it's like, no, I don't do that. Oh, well, it's about time I did, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so like, okay. Anyway, the, the bottom line after sorting all that out was uh, I lost everything. You know, because oh. obviously my naivety, I thought, get out there, build a business. Uh, and obviously then it all sort of collapsed. And I went into sheltered accommodation wow. at the age of 19. Yeah. Wow. And, and that was quite tough. That was quite yeah. tough. You know? yeah. but I still believed I'm going to create this lifestyle. So then I had, and I was broke and I thought, OK, so, so how do I do this? And then I come across uh, network marketing. And right. This, this guy come to see me in my home and he said, yeah, you can, you know, this guy was six foot six and I'm five foot 10. So he was like massive guy <laughs> built like a brick, you know, yeah. and I was scared of him. I, I think I joined because I was scared. Anyway, um, it was 70 pounds to join him. This is going back like 30 years, 30 plus years, 35 years. A lot of money. So 70 pound was a lot. Yeah? yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll do this. And uh, I gave him a check which, of course, have no funds behind it. And I realized, you know, that this guy is going to come knocking on my door. I've just given him a check for £70, pounds yeah. and it's going to have more rubber than Dunlop. Yeah, it's going to bounce yeah. the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking about this. I thought, well, perhaps I better go and do it. So I started to speak to a few people. And uh, within 10 days when the check cleared, I'd made 70 pounds. You know, oh, so right. I lived. I lived to tell a story. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that's how I sort of got involved into network marketing because mm. I needed a business, but I did not have the cash to do it. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and this guy who became my mentor, uh, who recruited me, uh, obviously I had no money and I had to provide. So I actually mm. took a job at the post office posting letters, you know, real mail, postman. Yeah. yeah. And what this guy would do, he would meet me because that started at 5 a.m. in the morning. So he would meet me on my round at 6 a.m. And he would mentor me while I was delivering the post for an hour. Wow. You know, wow, because right. I said to him, I'll join your business. You need to train me. You need to mentor yeah. me. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, and the great news was, I mean, we walked up and down uh, High Street in Knoll, which is not far from, from where you used to live, actually. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So that used to be my route. And we'd walk up and down every morning. I was delivering the post. He was firing me up. I'd finish about one o'clock and then go and do my network marketing business. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to get quite what excited. Age you, what age were you? What age? Sorry to cut across you. What age were you now at this time? 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so. I knew it was time to leave the post office. I was doing quite well with network marketing. He'd come and meet me most mornings. And I, I had the high street. And the one day I put some travel tickets through the wrong door. They went through a Chinese door, a Chinese restaurant's door. Mm. And they needed those tra tickets for people to travel that day at the travel agents. Oh. So, of course, you know, I suddenly realized it's probably time I left the post office, you know, <laughs> uh, before they sacked me, actually. You know, yeah. so... Um, so I did that, and, and, and then I went on to build a, a network marketing business, which we'll talk about in a bit, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what, what a fantastic story there. And I've got to ask, and a lot of people won't know what we're talking about here, but when you were a postman, did you used to wear the shorts? <laughs> no, 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 I feel the cold, so I never wore the shorts, but I didn't wear the right. cap either, because that time you had to wear your cap, and oh, I didn't right. wear that either, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now tell me, I mean, what a what a turnaround that was, really, as well. You know, you went from being very young there and starting a business, being very young, to losing it all. You know, living in a, uh, a shelter, which is no no easy challenge, particularly at such a young age. But then, and it's a it's a particular narrative and story that I find with a lot of people that when they go through struggles at the younger age of life. It builds them up and it toughens them up. It gives them a bit of tough skin. And, and many of them go on to great success, as you have. But, I mean, let's explore that a bit and, and talk about perhaps some of your your biggest challenges that you've faced in business this far. The, this far. Well, I think uh, one of the biggest challenges I had, because I was quite young, um, and I, obviously network marketing is about recruiting a team, and, and not many people take me seriously. And, you know, the challenge was they see me as a young 20-year-old and really 20-year-olds, there's not many of them around that got fired up and really want to go and make it. So I was mainly talking to older people, yeah. But I was, I was still very young and naive, but they didn't really take me seriously at first. And, and to be quite honest, they, it was quite tough. It was really tough, you know, because just just wouldn't buy into me. But my mentor said, okay, well, you know, you either quit and give in to them or you push on. So I pushed on yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'm, that was out there is, is no matter who I spoke to, there was a bit of lack of respect because at that age of 20 and at that time, network marketing was, was doomed. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be getting involved with that. 
and all these mm. there's quite a lot of negativity around it at the time but i started this business and it hadn't cost me anything you know which was quite good and then i, I some of the some of the strange things I, I did get quite scared because at the age of 20 I, I mean you know where i live i live in the countryside and all of yeah. a sudden i'm traveling outside of my little bubble mm. and and you know not really knowing much about life because living in the country you're a bit sheltered and yeah. um, I remember some great stories there because um, it scared the life out of me. But this person called me up and said, uh, oh, I've seen your leaflet and I'd, I'd like to have a conversation with you. So I said, OK, oh. I will come to your house because obviously it was for the business. So I went to yeah. the business and this this and, and I was only like 20, remember, and single. Anyway, this this mm. woman come to the door. Yeah. And um, she, well, she never a lot of clothes on, <laughs> you know, <She> had the <laughs> barely enough thing on there. And I'm like. And I'm there, sort of thing, looking at her, sort of thing. And I'm like, uh, 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 she's like, you're coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking about it, you know. And, um, and I was talking to her, sort of thing. And she said, come into the kitchen. So I always remember went in the kitchen and there was all like lingerie everywhere hanging up and all this. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is like, so I'm trying to talk to her about a business. And she said, yeah, I'm a model. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Now let me tell you about the business. Yeah. And I'm like, so anyway, I said, okay, what I'll have to do because normally we'd recruit on the day. Well, I'll, I'll let you know if you've been successful. <laughs> and I'll let you know. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. I scared out my life. Remember, I'm a young guy, shouted, bringing up, and it was like, yeah. anyway, um, usually when you do that, people just let go. Well, she called me up and said, I'm really excited. It sounded great. Um, I really would like to do this. Right. So I'm like, that means I've got to go back to a house, you know? Anyway, so what I thought I'd do, I'd write a little note. Um, and what I'd do, I'd go and push it through the door. Yeah. And on that note, I'd put, thanks for your time, but you've been unsuccessful. That's what I wrote. Yeah. Okay. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who may be watching outside the UK, the letterbox where the mail goes is built into your door. You don't have a separate box. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I, I parked my car around the corner from where this person lived because I didn't want to see me. Yeah. And I got the card in my hand. And so I went carefully up to her drive and I got down on my knees effectively because her mailbox was at the bottom of the door. And so I lifted the flap up, just putting the card through. And as I was putting the card through, the door slid open. Oh, no. And I on my knees, yeah. Oh. And she is standing right there in front of me, yeah, like that. As normal, she's standing up and I'm on my knees. Oh. And she was naked. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I remember throwing the card after and saying, "You've been unsuccessful. You never made the job." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my oh. first experience of like, you've got to get a life, son. You know, it's like this is the real yeah. world stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, oh. she never did join the business. I have to say, you know. So I had that, and, and there's there's lots of great stories. I know. Um, and another thing I had is that. I had to deal with what I call a quicksand crowd. So these are no. you know, quicksand that sucks you under, pulls you down yeah. all the time. Yeah. And the majority of people that I knew at that time belonged to that club. You know, yeah. didn't want much in life, wanted to go to work, work at the supermarket, come home, put your feet yeah. up and that sort of thing. So the, the, the one of the biggest challenges I had, in fact, was um, the actual quicksand crowd because everyone who I knew, including my family, was saying you should get a proper job. You know, this is ridiculous, you know, um, but I didn't. But it was one of the biggest challenges that I had to get over with, you know.
Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I've, I've been around, I've never heard it phrased like that, but it's a great way to put it, the quicksand crowd. You know, people that are very sceptical, very critical, uh, you know, full of cynicism. And, and and you know what you mentioned, you know, just working in, uh, you know, pretty mundane job, Monday to Friday, get home, put the football on, put the feet up, drink a few beers. There's nothing wrong with it if that's what if that's what you if that's what you like and you and you aspire to. But um, yeah, I think there's 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 another crowd out there who's a bit more driven and and wants to go for certain things and and desires certain things and understands that to 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 live a life that you know the average average person doesn't live. You've got to do things that the average person doesn't do. Um, and you really recognised that at quite a young age, didn't you? There, and never mind what any of your family or any of your friends thought. You just you just carried on. So, what was it? What was it in you that just just drove you to to carry on and push on despite the people around you trying to trying to pull you round and down into the quicksand? Well, I think I think what it was is that you know because I was absolutely hundred percent determined to have a different lifestyle for me and my future family than I had because. You know, I, I didn't want them to go without. And every time someone said something like negative to me, you know, um, I've always been to affirmations. I learned them very early uh, and mm -hmm. goals. So I'd always just pull my goal card out, my affirmation card out, reprogram my brain, you know, so that I didn't actually become who I didn't want to be at that time. So mm -hmm. my focus has always been I don't care whether I have to run through a brick wall or what I have to do. I am actually going to create this lifestyle they have the vision to do. I was young and at that time, I mean, sort of things that would happen. I, I remember going to my first networking meeting and this is just typically what happens. And uh, I didn't know a great deal. I was still learning fast, you know, and I was only about six weeks into it. And, um, and the person I said, who are you? I said, I'm Ian and like, yeah. And this person like gold on my arm, really patronizing and said, people like you from your background don't generally make it. So I said, oh, okay, well, thanks for your kind comments. You yeah. know? And she said, what are you going to do, do you think? And I said, well, I'm going to get to this position. Now, there was a position that at that time was virtually the top position called a presidential, just yeah. terminology. Anyway, mm -hmm. I, I said, oh, I'm going to be a presidential to this person. And then she said, darling, it doesn't happen for people like you. It takes three to five years, you know, really patronizing together. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. So, anyway, so I left the, the meeting and it was at the one at Wembley Stadium. So it was a big meeting. Big, and, yeah. uh, and I come out of that meeting and I thought, right, okay. And on the way out, she said, oh, how long is it going to take you, did you say, to do that? I said, I'm going to try and do it in a month. And she wow. said, oh, we have lots of dreamers. You know, and I said, okay, I always remember it. It was so dear to my heart. And so anyway, so off we all went. And then I went back to another meeting three months later. Yeah. And there was recognizing people. And then um, the host, who I remember really well, said, now we've got someone who's done, done something that until now was not possible. And I was actually sat behind this person at this meeting, you know, and I think she thought she was going to get recognized because she'd grown a little bit. Right. And I said, now this person is presidential and actually they've done it in 33 days. Wow. Wow, yeah. and, uh, and and you had to do sixty thousand pounds in a month to do it from scratch, you know. Anyway, so so that was me. So I did it, you know, and uh, and I went up on the stage and they said, "Just tell us what what the secret is." Then I said, "There's no secret. It's hard work and belief." Yeah. No, but part of the deal was, you know, is that 
you know, to, at that time, if you go back all that time, it was it was six hundred and forty pounds to join. That's about a thousand dollars. What you year know, are we talking here? Sorry. What year was this? Oh, I was probably about twenty-one at this time. Twenty-one. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, I, I think I still hold the record. I, I, the most I recruited in one day at £640 was 19 people. Yeah. And uh, so, so I, I got off in, I got into network marketing. I fully understood it and, and flew ever since. Yeah. And what did that lady have to say to you? Did she say anything to you after you got recognised and took that position? Now, by the time I come off the stage, she had left the hall and gone. <laughs> Isn't that Never funny? to be seen again. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny that, isn't it? It's do, would you say that that lady saying them things to you made you more determined to go for the position and, and and made you work harder? Oh, you have no idea how true that is because you know mm. if anyone tells me it can't be done, it's like okay, let's make sure it is done then. That yes. absolutely because yeah. you're back into sick quicksand crowd again then straight away. You know, yeah. so for me it fires me uh, beyond belief. But some of the other things that I did because. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of a bit of a like throw myself in the deep end and we'll figure it out. That's exactly um, what I like, mate. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes it's just take a bit of like, the quickest way to learn. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, did I really do this? Did I really offer to do this? You know. Anyway, um, there's a thing in the UK called the National Sales Awards, and uh, if you're selling or if you're in marketing uh, or recruitment, you, you could reply. You could apply. Anyway, someone applied on my behalf. And uh, I think it was about 5,000-odd people that had actually applied to go and do this. And I was talking about simplicity in recruitment. That's my title. Anyway, I went through various stages. I had to go to the Institute of Management to be interviewed, Institute of Marketing to be interviewed. And they narrowed it down. And I actually got to the top three, which was a big event. And it was in London. Um, and like, so I've gone from five, that is me. And it was quite interesting because on the <laughs> night, because it was companies that, so I've lived out this place, it's full of people. And they said, oh yeah, the three finalists are, and uh, one of them was the big electricity company. I'm not allowed to use their name, but it says, so the, 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 one of the, the um, finalists is, and they had a big laser show and all that sort of thing. And, yeah. uh, and the uh, other qualifier is um, an airline. Yeah. And um, and this airline was there shooting aeroplanes across everywhere. You know these companies. I yeah. said, "Oh yeah," and 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 Ian Harvey. <laughs> you, know, so like, you know the electric company and this big yeah. aircraft company and yeah. Ian Harvey. Oh, right. you know? <laughs> well, um, the, the main sponsor was the electrical company, and I ended up being the runner-up. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that was all a case of someone told me you could never win that award. You could never oh. even qualify for it. And, of course, it's just about having the belief, you know, the whole belief that this is what's going to happen and I'm going to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, tell me I can't. Tell me I can't and I'll show you I can is, is, is a phrase I reckon we could use to coin that. And I don't like to use the word revenge because it's not something, not a space I like to spend much time in, but there is no better revenge than massive successes that, when someone you're going for someone and something and someone tells you you can't and you're just like wow that's going to drive me to go for it even more but then get dragged dragged down with it and get caught up with the doldrums and yeah it's 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 a very powerful thing a very powerful thing yeah i think um i told my wife the other day i was on a call with um les brown and uh, i learned something new and i said you know i think i can do this but someone told me I can't. So my wife just went, oh, no. I said, yeah. 
it's on. We're going to do it, you know, because you're <laughs> that, you know, it's like, here we go again. But it's, it's, it's terrific, you know, it's, it's terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing like turning that around. Now, we're going to write from, from the, those. In fact, no, we'll go into, um, tell me about, you know, some of your failures in business. Sometimes when, you know, everything's kind of crumbled around you. I know you told me that you, you lost the business there when you were young, when, when it was tax time, which I'm sure that's uh, a familiar story to many people all around the world. You know, it's 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 easy and it's not easy, but it's exciting to get started in business and really wrap yourself up in it and really kind of forget about the business, the end of it and the accounts. But, you know, could perhaps you could tell us some more about the other failures that you've had in business? Because I find, and I'm sure all, our audience will agree, that that's where you learn more in those failures. Well, I think the one thing that you have to do um, is you have to be open for new trends, um, new marketing opportunities. Uh, and even though I've been like a mentor and a coach and a public speaker for well over 35 years and building network marketing, consulting for the companies, uh, this year I got my biggest failure. And I mean, last year I did do 127 flights. I was absolutely everywhere, you know, <laughs> just yeah. doing the presentations back on the plane. That's my life. It was fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoy having fun and mentoring people and public speaking. And mm. so obviously we had the, the virus come, you know, which I wasn't too involved in, to be honest. I thought, whatever. Um, and then I let it run for a couple of three months and suddenly realized all my clients have gone. All my mm. speaking events have been cancelled. Yeah. And, and, and then I was thinking, well, how do I get these people? It was like the biggest failure of my life. I had zero business all of a sudden. Mm. And I'm thinking, there's something wrong here. You know, it'll soon be okay. And then obviously as the virus continued, it, it become less okay. <laughs> it was very bad. And so yes. what I had to do, I mean, then is I had to retrain myself. So until then, I've probably done three or four Zoom meetings in my life. I've right. never done an online presentation. I've never spoke. I need to, normally it's give me a crowd, give me a microphone, and I'll deliver the message, no doubt. Now I'm speaking to a screen, and there's no interaction, which is what I thrive off. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know, you know, like, Instagram, it's like, I couldn't even pronounce it. It's like I didn't have it. You know, and I, I thought Twitter was for birds. People say, no, you need to go on Instagram. You know, you yeah. need to Twitter. I'm like, what am I going to tweet? You know, like, yeah. how does it work? You know? <laughs> and then you've got to do Zoom meetings and you've got to have uh, open houses. And it's like, no idea. No idea. So one of my biggest failures was not keeping up with technology because obviously it's been around for quite a while. But I totally ignored it completely. And then all of a sudden I was thrown the deep end, you know, and it's like, oh, how do I turn this computer on? I now use my laptop, but how does this thing work? You know, how are these multiple screens flashing at me? What is going on? Because prior to the uh, prior to the uh, virus, then I had some stuff in my office and they did all that. So I didn't have to do anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. From the yeah. virus, the business went. And so I don't have any staff. So I'm back doing yeah. it all myself, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think things like WhatsApp, I thought, oh, well, that's probably an Apple, you know, they probably shortened it, you know, for WhatsApp. <laughs> it was that ridiculous. Anyway, so that was one of my, my biggest um, failures that, that I think, you know. And I think the, the other um, failures I've had in life is, is sometimes I haven't done enough research. And wow. it's, it's, it's great to go out there. And I, I like reading. I like reading a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I learned very early on is that if you're going to read, then you need to make sure what you are reading is good. I, I read the wrong books to start off with because what I didn't realize um, is that 
if people struggle with network marketing or any subject, you know, a lot of them will go on to write a book, you know, right. and, you know, and so you start buying these books and, and really the person probably hasn't been that successful. So right. I actually had to, when I realized what was going on, I had to become selective. So then I made the decision, if I'm going to read a book, then I'm going to check out the author. I'm going to see, has the author done it? Has he been in the field? Has he put any practical experience? Yeah. You know, rather yeah. than someone writing a book who's never done the job, because the reality is, if you think about the uh, woman, you know, who, who came to the door naked, you know, that's an experience you won't get in a book. But reality is the truth. You know? And yeah. another one that I had, which was a big fear of mine, is um, I don't like cats. Uh, cats yeah. freak me like you have no idea. Like, well, I've been in a lot of people's homes as network marketing, and they all have cats. Yeah, of course. So I used to say, "Can you put the cat out?" You know, <laughs> and they're like, "No, I'm not putting my cat out." You know, and I'm like, "You're going to have to because I'm going to break sweat on this cat." You know. Yeah. And um, and I remember the one time I was with my mentor, we were actually working together, and he came on this appointment with me. You know, and uh, and I'm just sat there, and the cat come, and I go, "The cat!" You know, and he's like, "What's going on?" You know, and one said, "What's wrong with him?" He said, "I don't know." I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, so, so there's experiences that you can't get from a book. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that I think that um, you need to be aware of is not everything is always as it seems. That's for sure. So some people will obviously, you know, give you information, but it's not the correct information. So for me, if I'm going to read a book now, for sure, the first thing I do is I check out the details. I make sure... And the other thing that, um, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to being trained, I would say that my one of my biggest failures was I knew it all. At one time, I think I'm right to say I was a big head. You know, I've mellowed a lot now with experience. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I went out with someone who said, I'll show you how to recruit people. Right. And I actually wasn't listening. We went to this person's house and he went, yeah, here it is, ABC, and paid the £75. We went to the next house. ABC, give them the 75 pound. I thought it's a breeze. All I have to do is set an appointment. He'll come once a week and sign everyone up. Job yeah. done. Yeah. So I always remember I was big here. I didn't, didn't learn and listen. So I would say to anyone, it's my biggest failure because on the third house we went to, and bear in mind, this guy is six foot six. You yeah. know, we went to the house, sat down, he's gone. <clears throat> and I said, You're right. He said, yeah, I think I've got something in my throat. So I said to the woman, Can you have some water? He's got something in the throat and he's giving water. He's got. <clears throat> <clears throat> and I'm like, uh, drink the water, you know, drink the water quick. Yeah. You know? And so I sat there and he said, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't clear my throat. Um, Ian will carry on with the presentation. I'll have to pop outside. Right. I died on the spot. I hadn't been listening. I wasn't teachable. Ah. I was like, and I'm sat there. He's gone outside now. And this woman said to me, uh, are you going to say something? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I said, so I to her, would you like to join? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, you know, one of my biggest learnings is, yeah. you know, always be teachable, always learn from other people's experiences. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there are some of my biggest fans. I didn't listen. I brought books and started reading books where, you know, there's some absolutely phenomenal books out there. Don't get me wrong. There's incredible mm -hmm. books out there by people who really know their subject. But I always would say, check out, check out the author. Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. Sure good advice because you know particularly if you're talking into a book that's a big one you know four five six seven hundred eight hundred pages it's an it's, it's an investment of your time and 
time's very valuable. It's the one thing that you can't put a price on and you can never get back in this world. So, yeah, I think that's a great a great point that you've raised there. It's something I've certainly never thought about. I'll just go with the book because I've heard it's good from someone else or someone recommended it to me. But, you know, doing the diligence to actually look it, in behind the author you know are they qualified to be speaking about what they're speaking about or what's their intention in writing the book and um, why have they written it frankly yeah so i, I always ask just one question if someone says to me this is a really good book i will mm. say what did you learn from it mm. you know because yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful you're not in the sinking sound looking sinking sound crowd looking at books <laughs> you know so i was asked yeah. a question of what did you learn from it mm. you'd be surprised mm. how many people can't answer that question yeah. interesting that you should say that because actually i'm actually having a very special guest my mother's coming on the podcast at the weekend now my mom doesn't have a business and she's not an entrepreneur but the one thing my mom has done is read uh now i'm just get this right i'm sure she's yeah, she's read three books a week since she was five years old and she's in her 50s now so i calculated she'd read over half a billion words and that's right. not even counting newspapers so um it's it's an interesting i, I think you can you know, like anything, really, you can you can become pretty much addicted to books. Um, I mean, you'll probably agree with me that when you read a book, it, you just, to me, just a really good one creates such a vision in your mind that you actually go there and you get completely lost in it, don't you? And you, it just creates, uh, you know, you're in a completely different space when you're reading it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I always have a highlighter pen. I read the book first, mm. and then I read the book again with a highlighter pen, mm. and I highlight the key facts. And then I take those facts and write them into a journal. So I have a book that's just no. got good information in just one liners, you know, that we can learn yeah. from very quickly. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Now, tell me about some of your biggest wins in business, the moments that have really stood out and made you proud to be a, a businessman. Well, I think I think the, the, my biggest ever is um, is when I become the runner up in the National Management mm. Sales Awards. I think that was quite a big achievement for me. Yeah, uh, and then I think um, I, I stayed with the network marketing company. And within 18 months, I virtually paid cash for a house. So I went from homeless to buying a, a house for cash in, in like 18 months. You know, so so that was one of my best achievements, I think. You know, and I've never looked back from that day in all fairness. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. I, the one thing that I really believe in any business is, is that you have to become a storyteller. Because you can talk to people all day, every day, but they're going to walk out the room and they're not going to remember it. So I actually have built my whole, I mean, I do mentoring, I do public speaking, you know, I yep. do business evaluations. I help people launch their businesses uh, in, in the UK market. But the one thing that I, I think is that when we're training people, then you've got to actually deliver something that people are going to remember, mm -hmm. you know? So I always package, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, now, the, one thing, the one thing for sure is that, you know, your your limiting beliefs are probably the number one thing that holds people back. And there's this thing called the box. Now, you've probably heard people before say, think outside of the box. Mm. And for me, it's like, what box? Where <laughs> is the box? Yeah. Who put you in the box? Yeah. And how cool. are you going to think outside the box? For me, it's like, get rid of the box. Just mm. get rid of it. You don't need it. What the box really is, it's, it's something that's going gonna, gonna to shout to you. It's going to say, these are going to limit your success. That's what the box really is. Mm. So if anyone's ever said to me, think outside the box, and people do a lot, and I say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think I can help you. I don't have a box. 
<laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. So, so you know, it's it's important though, to put things around it. Yeah. Another one is um, obviously I believe that if you have people in your team, if you're helping people, if you're mentoring them, then you know you should not just bring them in and like take their money, but mm. you should really help them. And, and and I have this story um, which is quite a good one. It's about weddings actually, because mm. the average person when someone says, "Darling, I love you." Will you marry me? I'm not saying that to you. I'm giving you an example, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got worried for a second there. <laughs> Darling, I love you. Will you marry me? Hopefully the person says yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Then it all kicks in. And an average couple then spend 40 hours a week planning the wedding because they've got the horses, Ooh. the vicar, the flowers, yeah. the dresses, the shoes. I've been through it. I've got four daughters. It takes over. Every time you walk in the house, you wow. fall over a different box, you know. <laughs> and so this goes on for like 40 hours. It's this. We try that. We have to go to the church. We have to practice what we're going to say. Yeah. All yeah. manner of things. Now, the interesting thing is, and then they say, it comes to the day, and they go, there you go. So that was the wedding. And now we go into the marriage. Now, the average couple spend around four to five hours a week planning their marriage. So it's 40 hours a week planning the wedding. It's yep. 45 weeks planning that. And the problem is we question why we have the largest divorce rate in the world. It's back to front. You should be spending the least time planning the wedding and putting all of the time in to the marriage. But they yep. don't. It's like I'm going down the pub or what have you. And the challenge is, is, is you can relate that back to any business. Because if someone joins my coaching program today and let's say they pay me a pound, just an example, doesn't matter, you know, then we should really, that's when it should all start. Not the big pitch to get someone to join yeah. your business, not the big pitch to get someone to join your mentoring program. That should be the weaker part of the pitch, but it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so I think it's quite important. And I always talk to people, you know, if, if, if I'm training them, everyone goes through the, the wedding. Everyone goes through that process to understand, you know, when someone says yes to you, that's just the start. It's not the end. And yeah. I think it's quite important because your retention is good. Then people will get better results because they're going to remember the stories. So when they actually develop, because hopefully if you're doing a good job, they'll develop and do what their goals and, and aspirations are. Yeah. Then obviously they'll be able to tell stories as well. The other one that I'll share you, share you with is, is, is about an orange. And I want okay. you to imagine you're in California. You've just walked down the garden. You've picked an orange off the tree. So this has not been touched by anyone else. You bring it into the breakfast room, you squeeze the orange, and apple juice comes out of it. Mm. Now, bear in mind, it's been on the tree. You've taken it. No one's touched it, only you. You squeeze it, and apple juice comes out. Mm. Now, do you think that can happen? Reality is not a trick question. No. No. Okay, you're going to squeeze that orange, you're going to get orange juice, aren't you? Because that is an yeah. orange through and through. Yeah. You can relate that back to any business as well, because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that's great, it's wonderful. And then as soon as they're actually saying that, they're not believing it. Because, you know, what they're really doing, on the inside, they're getting a different message. So with the orange, you squeeze it, you're going to get orange juice. It's through and through an orange. But people will say, not everyone, of course, but people will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But on the inside, they're thinking, not a chance. You know, their brain is saying, yeah, one thing, yeah, how long is it going to be here for? Mm. So I think the important thing is, you know, is to help people 
is to become the orange of themselves. So she said, oh. don't go away and think other things. Don't go away and think bad things. You're just going to get apple juice out of an orange. Get your focus and get the belief. Read the book. Speak to people. Listen to CDs. Become an orange of an orange. And don't that, become apple juice. Yeah. You know? So, so oh. I think that, that's that's you know, there's a couple for you that uh, that I, I use quite a lot because it's important. What's on the inside is more important than what's on the outside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that really is important, isn't it? What's on the inside is way more important than the outside. And and that goes for yourself and your own mindset, I think. And I think it also goes for your attitude attitude towards others as well. I mean, I, I and it looks, I'll be completely honest and put my hands up. This isn't something I used to be great at judging others. It's something that I did used to do on, on quite a regular basis and until probably not even that long ago, if I'm honest with you, but it's something I've kind of, train myself out of and thought, you know, you should never really judge others. You never know what anyone else is going through. And and the exterior of someone doesn't represent them at all. You know, like you said there, the inside, what's going on inside is much more important and um, you should never pass judgment on someone um, because of their appearance or, or because, you know, of what you've heard of, of about them or, or even from them sometimes. You know, you really have to really have to get to know someone and, and let and let hear you know their story like you said about storytelling there you'll you'll you might forget what someone said or what they did but you'll never forget their story yeah i think the one thing that's really important in any business in any industry is relationship building hmm. you would not believe you know if someone new adds me on facebook or something you know it can virtually set the clock as soon as like you <laughs> press the accept button it's like Oh, hi, Ian. Nice to meet you, you know. And, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, how are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And I always put the same thing, I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah? Mm. Are you having a good day? Better than fantastic. And the next yeah. thing is, you need to join my business, you know. Yeah. And I always write back to them and say, you know, if you want someone to join your business, maybe it'd be wise to build a relationship with them. Maybe yeah. get to even know them. And mm. a lot of them don't even read. They've obviously got a template because they say, Mrs. Harvey. Now, you know, I don't even look like a missus, you know, so, and it's like, oh, yeah, and they carry on, you know. So so I think that the relationship building is so important, absolutely so important. And and the other part of it that you just mentioned, on is like the way that you think other people will think as well. You become who you hang, who you hang out with. Yes, you do. Yeah. I spend so much time, and I would dread to think how many thousands of pounds that I've spent on personal development, on actually keeping my brain in good condition and keeping my mind pointing in the right direction. Because, you know, it's easy to take it on at anything, but if you don't do the research, if you don't actually invest in yourself, mm. then I think I think you're not going to go very far because you have to have this unshakable belief. Most people mm. who know me think I have laser focus because when we're on it, we're on it. We're going to yeah. do it, we're going to deliver it. And I don't think I've ever missed a goal, ever. But I have a, I have a, um, a dream book. I can't show on here, but I have a dream book. And, and mm. I put in there that I was going to have this this new car. And there's only 70 of them in the UK, long wheelbase, AD, this Audi. This is what I'm going to have. And I put the date down when it was going to happen. It was a large car. And I actually took delivery of it two days earlier than when my goal was. Yeah. And wow. it's absolutely incredible. But the one thing I learned from, from that experience and something you touched on, you know, is don't prejudge someone. Mm. 
because I went to the car showroom and I went in my jeans, my sneakers, a T-shirt. And because it's a big high-spec garage, the Audi thing, you know, um, no one approached me. And they're probably thinking, oh, this guy, look at him, he's not going to buy a big car and what have you. And I went to a different garage and, uh, and the person there was very cool and engaged me and what have you, you know. And I suddenly thought, you know, the first guy lost the sale because he looked at me and thought, not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But it, this reminds me of Richard Branson because Richard Branson walks around in jeans and a jumper. And in his early days, he was ignored as well. Yeah. Yes. I've read that and, book. And, yeah. Right. Be careful. You can't just go in there and say, oh, because someone looks fantastic. That is it. It's like, what is in their core? Speak to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it works on both sides, doesn't it? You know, you can't look at someone in a tuxedo and, and think they're an absolute boss. You, they might be a hired suit. You just don't know. And you can't look at someone in rags and, and judge them either. So it's about keeping an open mind and an open heart to all things, isn't it, really? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, the one thing you have to give, and I fully understand it now because I, I'm very teachable and I'm very palatable now, but the one thing that you do is, is you have to give. You know, if you're going to just take all of the time, I think you're in for absolutely how going to nowhere. And so we always make a point in our, our family, for example. In fact, my wife's gone to a woman's refuge today and took a whole car full of things there for women that haven't got very much. But right. even last year, we, we, we did about £5,000 worth of um, products that we brought from warehouses and mm. went and give them to a charity uh, where the children wouldn't have a Christmas present on the day. This yeah. charity delivers them. So we give them the whole lot. They brought a lorry. We filled it and sent it to them for free because the one thing that I'm 100% sure about, I'm not even 99, is, you know, you've got to share the wealth. You've got to share everything because it's not for your keeping. It's part of a development process. And there's so many people out there that are asking for help and you can use your greatness to go and help other people, which I think is quite important. So I would say to anyone who's thinking of starting their own business, just make sure you understand it works two ways. You have to give and take, because if you take it all, you know, you probably won't keep it for very long. Yeah, yes, I agree that I agree with that totally. Um, you have, and, and you know, giving isn't about, thing about giving is you don't you don't you give for the sake of helping others right you don't give to them receive back you know if, if you if you go into it with that intention as well i think it can be uh you know not so positive for you you just you just give oh, to me when i'm giving you know there's a few charitable projects i'm involved with mission rainwater is one of them there's there's terrible bushfires here every year i'm a plumber and i go out and fit water tanks and, and water pipelines for people that have had theirs melted to the ground now, the reason I do that is just because I, I can do it. I've been doing it for 15 years and just to give my time and my skills and we get the materials donated. You know, but it's it's just there's something about giving that just makes me feel good deep, deep inside of me. It just it just it refreshes my energy and just makes me feel my soul feel good, I suppose, is the most simple way to put it. Yeah, I think that's um you wake up in the morning, you feel absolutely fantastic when you know you're going to help people. I mean, I run the the mentoring program um, and I have about 20 people at the moment that are paying to run the mentoring program. It's a business, so that's fine. I mm. probably have about 15 at the moment who pay nothing and they haven't got anything. And I yeah. just want to help them. You know, it's not about me taking. It's about, OK, you know, let me go and help. Them. I, I've been here. I've been in shelter accommodation. 
I've even slept on a bench one night. I was that broke in the park, you know, and, and it's like, I understand it. I get it. And if someone is prepared to put the time in, then I'm yeah. prepared to get them off their knees and just get them moving. So I'd probably generally have a 50-50 split. 50% of people are paying me for what we do and 50% mm. are not paying me. And it's yeah. quite interesting. A lot of the times the people who don't pay get far greater results than the people who are paying. Because they've got hunger. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they just don't have it. But there again, there's there's, there's some people who, who don't have it and you try and help them and they don't, you know, I'll give you a great example of this. I went to see um, a lady in a house and she was in a wheelchair. And at the time I was actually dealing with um, nutraceuticals, you know, health and wellness. Okay, so yeah. I could see that this person, you know, was, was obviously in a wheelchair and what have you. And, and she told me straight, she said, you're wasting your time because I can't afford it. So that's okay. Anyway, to cut it short, I, I, I said to her, look, I will give you the product for free, mm. you know, and it will, it should help you. You know, mm. you can't make any claims as it should help you, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she said, oh, no, no, I'm not going to take that up because if it worked on me, I would get out of this wheelchair. Then after my own cooking, my cleaning, I'd lose this. And I'm like, isn't that great? And she said, no. She said, no, no, I'm used to this now. And I'm, not, I'm gutted, you know. And oh, on the way out, she said, Oh dear, just before you go, you wouldn't make me a cup of tea, would you? I felt I've thrown it at her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to prove you can't help everyone. You can't no, help you, everyone. You, you yeah. certainly cannot. You, you can't help everyone. And 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 thinking that you can is just gonna to lead to massive disappointment for you, really. You know, yeah. Off, yeah. offer you help out if it's received well, like some like you've just highlighted there. Some people just don't want to don't want to be helped and they're quite happy staying where they are, no no matter where that is to them. It's uh unfortunate but i mean move on to the next person right there's plenty of people out there that will uh will take and accept your help oh yeah absolutely and i think you know the one thing for me this was the first time i'd had rejection i've given right. someone something for free so yeah. i actually uh, i come away quite disappointed really mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, i was talking to a, a person about this and they said oh you have to understand you can't help everyone some people you know don't want it some people don't want it you know and that was a great lesson I had to learn, you know, that it's not for every single person. But the one thing that um, a, a tip I could share, actually, for people, especially if they're starting new into business, is, yeah. is not every single person is saying no to you. If you're, it doesn't matter what you're talking about, whether you're doing a marketing business, whether you're doing a coaching business, a mentoring, whether you're doing these live broadcasts, it's, 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 it's okay. You know, not everyone is going to say yes to you. But what I've always done and learned very early on is like, you know, Build the relationship and don't ram things down people's throats. Don't force them to do it. Yeah. yeah. So if someone says to me, I'm not, I know, look, it's, it's not the right time. It's not for me. And uh, I always give them a business card and say, look, let me leave my business card with you. And you'll know when it's the right time to call me. Mm, that's a now, great the longest period I've had so far is seven years. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. long time to get a call back. Yeah. And even in the last two weeks, someone who I gave them my card three years ago, maybe. And obviously they're struggling a bit now because of things changing. Mm. And they just called me up and said, do you still do that stuff, that training stuff? <laughs> I think it's time to join. Yeah. So the, my message I would give there is that, of course, everyone wants to grow their business as fast as possible, whatever field it's in. 
Of course they do, yeah? But at the end of the day, a lot of it is about building a rapport and building a relationship. Mm. And if you go in there and, like, try and force a situation, you've got a good chance they're going to say no or they're going to cancel. But if you go in there and you really have got their interest at heart and you can see how you can help them and you don't force the issue, but leave them a card and say, look, it's obviously not right for you now, but keep a card and call me when the time is right. And I always get calls. I always do. Because people don't feel threatened. They don't feel like, oh, bath me now or I'll shoot you. I don't believe in all that. It's about creating the relationship. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and not... Um not not forcing it not being too overbearing you know yeah. because people know that you are then openly approachable later on and, and it, whilst you're building that character and creating that character that person that you left the card with they may speak to someone else that knows you and and that they had a great experience with and where there's when their circumstance or their mindset changes and they see your card they think do you know what julie or john had a great experience with it and so i might do as well so i give them a call it's you know, you're building more than the relationship in that moment, aren't you? You're, you're long-term. Yeah, it's long-term, exactly right. And another tip I would give for people is if you're serious about starting your own business because of where the shift has happened now, then I, I think you have to have a website. You know, I've for many years run without a website. And what mm -hmm. I'm finding out, I mean, I have a fully-fledged website now. But what I'm finding out is that people, the first they're going to do, they're going to go and look at your website now before they even speak to you because they will start yes, the conversation with, oh, I've looked at your website. Now, I didn't have one recently. You know, this is all, I've had to get an IT guy and build me a website, you know. Yes. And the one thing I would say is, you know, don't always go for the cheapest because no. someone did build me a website and it didn't cost very much and it didn't do very much. You know, and it kept crashing. It was offline. I couldn't get hold of them. So then I got another guy who charged a bit more and mm. is absolutely first class. So just like reading a book, you need a website. If someone you're going to take on, say, can I see other people's websites that you've built? And go on there and see how easy was it to navigate? You know, did you get the right style, the right feeling? Because some of these websites I see up there, people who are joining my mentoring program, and they're saying, oh, we've got a website. And I have a look at it. And I, it's just impossible to get to the core. Yeah. It just doesn't deliver the message. So just like the book, if someone's going to build your website, go and view something they've already done. Make sure yeah. you're happy with it because there are lots of skilled people out doing this. Now, but there's also lots of unskilled people out there doing this who don't even understand your business. Because um, I was on a call with uh, one of my um, people I'm mentoring, and, and they're on a website and having a difficult time with this guy. And so I actually got on a call, you know, and I was listening to how it went. It was a three-way call. And I stopped it and I said, you know, I think the problem is here, and this was to the developer, you haven't asked one question about my client. You don't know anything about him. So how can you put him into the website? Sure, you can put a website together, but it yeah. needs to be really touchy about him, about how he presents, and, and it didn't do the research. So, so, so that's another tip that I would actually give. And, and and I think the one that's most important is, you know, I mean, one of my programs that I'm, I'm currently putting together is becoming a CEO of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy to go and read a few books and think that's how I'm fired up, but it's, it doesn't work like that. It's much deeper. You've got to get to the core. 
So you need to invest, but you need to also, I believe everyone should have a mentor because you go past things and you don't see them. But an outsider looking in is absolutely a godsend to you because they'll say, did you see that? What about that? You know, that's not quite good thinking. Hmm. So I would suggest that, you know, is that everyone should have a mentor. I know people can't afford it sometimes, but as hmm. soon as you can, because you need to invest in your mind you need to get someone who's pretty make sure though again if you're going to get a mentor check them out have they been in the field have they done the research is it all theory or is there any practical in there and there are some really powerful guys out there that have done it felt it smelt it touched it hmm. and so the three things you know the mentor the, the reading the books the website you, you need to go and do this if i believe because for me, for example, um, we both share the same mentor I know in John Tellerico. Yeah. yeah, he is so into where current. He's so current at the moment. Is mm -hmm. you no, know, he has helped me transform and put my whole business back on track because he yeah. understood it. You know, but I, if you, if you speak to him, you'll find out we went for about three or four weeks backwards and forwards conversations, looking at his websites to make sure he was the right guy who I needed to right. take. Yeah. yeah, and I was talking to several people, and some great people out there, but I just didn't correspond with me. It just didn't tick the boxes. But John, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I would give people. You know, um, certainly, you know, it's an amazing time. It's absolutely phenomenal out there now. There, there will be though. You have to understand. You have three options, as far as I'm concerned, right now, and I and Les Brown shared this with me. You can either become, with the virus, you can become a billionaire, you can become a millionaire, or you can become a witness watching what's happening. Mm. It's your choice. But mm. the time is now. If you want to be the billionaire, if you want to be the millionaire, you need to stand up, get rid of the dust, shake it all off, and get active. Because this market has changed forever. And it's not going back because more and more people start to realize, you know, at the weekend, we've got a big event with over 100 people going to be online. We, yeah, don't, need right. we don't need to hire the hotel room. We don't no. need to bring all the staff, the food and all that. It's changing. No. People aren't going to go back. So, you know, I would leave people with the with the question, which one are you going to be? Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be a witness? No. Are you going to be a millionaire? Are no. you going to be a billionaire? Which yep. one are you going to be? I know which one I'm going to be. I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, me too. And, and the other thing I would just finalise, you know, because I know we're about time now, is yeah. I would definitely say, you know, no matter what area of business you're going into, you need to learn to tell the story. You can say to people, oh, uh, if it, what's on the inside, the orange one, for example, you know, oh, yeah, on the inside is what's coming out and there's no, yeah, that's fine, we've gone. If you actually talk about the orange and the apple juice, and if I was to squeeze you, what would come out of you right now? People remember that. People remember yeah. that. But, you know, and also the wedding, people remember that. And I have lots of these, I have absolutely hundreds of these, but we, we have no time. But it's all about tell the stories. People remember the stories they won't necessarily remember you. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. 
Now we are getting to the end of the interview and I've, I've learned so much from you myself here today and I really want to thank you for sharing your story and your knowledge and your wisdom. I'm sure our audience have as well. If, if you want to know more, learn more about Ian and his programs and, and what he does and what we've talked about today, of course, you can find him at ianharvey.com. Nice and simple. I've got a couple of quite random rapid fire questions that I'd like to ask you here at the end. Ian, they're going to be nothing to do with what we've been speaking about thus far, but I, I do like to ask these and, and the audience to enjoy them as well. So tell me, Ian, if you became stranded on a desert island tomorrow, what were the three things you would need? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm, my, my website is ianaharvey.com. There's an A in there. You know? I'm sorry. It I'm is in the comments. I'll put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, right, if, if I'm the, first of all, I need water. You know, two, I need a book. <laughs> and three, I would have to find some sort of internet connection now because I can do my work, but I, I can't do it without a computer now. So it's gone 100% round, you know? Yeah. But but seriously, you know, uh, if, if I was on a desert island, you know, the one thing I've learned to do is I've learned to actually love myself, you know, and I don't mean that in a conceited manner, you know? Mm -hmm. What I do, I'm, I'm happy in my own skin. I yes. think when you get there, then 50% of what you need on a desert island, it's done. Yeah. So I could yeah. take myself and enjoy myself and give me a book and I'm probably going to be okay. As long as you okay. come and get me, you know, within a few days, because I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll come pick you up. We'll come pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've already said it. Uh, Ian. I think you said your fear was cats, right? I was going to ask you what your fear was. My biggest fear is cats. hundred percent. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, but also um, something that's more relevant to the audience is, is there's a book out there, and I think it's uh, And Death Came Third. And it's a great book for people starting off because I love to be out there on a stage with a microphone. I've done meetings with thousands of people. I, I just enjoy it. But mm. for a lot of people, they don't. And this book, and I'm sure it's called A Death Came Third, um, and what it is is that the number three thing people fear is, is, um, is death. The number yeah. two is walking into a room of crowded people to make a conversation. And the first thing that people are most scared of is speaking in public. So if you're starting a business, I definitely suggest get a book. It's so either it, um, it's and death came third or death came third, but it also tells you and trains you how to get around those fears of public oh, wow. speaking. So I, I would certainly, you know, a lot of people that's their fears. It's not mine. Um, but this, this all this technology has been my biggest fear. I've been a dinosaur for so long, and now I'm not, of course. Yeah. Well, you've transformed and you've done a good job of it, and it's, it's clearly working, and you've picked the right people. So well done on that. Very random question, Ian. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> and my wife does. <laughs> That's why she married me. <laughs> oh, that was the best answer I've had yet. That's great. <laughs> No, I, I don't really believe in aliens, but um, my wife certainly does. And she keeps yeah. telling me, this is the future, yeah? And yeah. she was telling me five years ago, everything's going to be online. You need to do it. And, of course, now we are. So now I keep getting reminded, remember I told you this five years ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, I believe in aliens. Okay, you believe in aliens then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure thanking you on, having you on. I've learned a lot from you today. Ianaharvey.com is the website. My mistake earlier. Ian, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? I know it's still pretty early in the morning there in England. Oh, no, I have uh, training meetings this afternoon. I have mentoring meetings. So, uh, I generally will finish about 9.30 this evening. 
have a very wow. busy day, Anthony. It's a big day, big day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been great speaking with you, and uh, and I know you, you're like you're out there making it happen, and I, I really wish you every success. And anyone who's tuning into this call, you know, if you want to be successful, celebrate other people's wings, not just your own, and be grateful that they are making a difference because that's what we all need to do. Yes, I agree. I couldn't couldn't agree with them words more, and I think that's a great way to end today. Thank you, Ian, very much. I'll speak I to you soon. Thank you. Right, thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks.